Welcome everyone to 2023 season episode 31 of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney Racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race plus news, notes, and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 team's run in the regular season finale, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona International Speedway. Steve, welcome back to this, the 31st episode of 2023. Like I said, just uh, celebrated the season, regular season finale in the NASCAR Cup Series. Everything came down to this. The weather was perfect for once in Daytona in the summer. I don't know how yeah, we managed you were to pull there, that and, off. And you were there, so that's really kind of a weird thing. Right? So yeah. it, proving, you know, just like the vortex theory that doesn't exist, this whole thing about me and bringing rain places, that doesn't yeah, exist it doesn't either. exist either. <laughs> I mean, there was a t- statistical thing that was working against you for a while, but okay. Yeah. you know maybe this uh, was an anomaly but you know i mean i think for like three or so of the races we've been to this year been impacted by rain but daytona was not one of them (laughs) at least (laughs) at least this one wasn't and uh yeah i mean it was a great weekend we talked before about the you know they moved this race from july to the cutoff race ahead of the playoffs and it just sets up i mean there's really only one spot up for grabs here but the regular season championship was still on the line Mm -hmm. um still lots of drama uh, lots of great racing, some kind of insane racing in this race. I mean, if you are a, I mean, the casual fan tuning in or the casual fan, I know a couple actually that came to the race, one of their first races that they've been to. You had the drama, you had exciting racing, you had spectacular crashes, which uh, are for- unfortunate that we'll have to talk about one of them. Um, but it's kind of what fans fill the seats at Daytona for. Now, it wasn't a sellout, but they did mention the fact that this was the largest crowd for a summer daytona race since 2014 so it was pretty uh great to be a part of that and uh, pretty cool to take in another race at daytona i know you got to take in one of those a couple years ago too yeah you know yeah two years ago that was a quite the night uh for all of us um but the you know the the excitement was really really good i know the ratings i just saw a thing about ratings a little bit ago and they weren't as as good as you know, whatever, but I, I thought the racing was incredible. And as we'll talk about during the, the, uh, the review of the race, um, the in-car cameras were just incredible to look at, um, especially the situation where it gets three wide and Ryan goes up the middle. Um, he literally goes up the middle. There's points in times where people bail from the middle and he gets, there's three car lengths in front of him, And with a straightaway, he sucks right up to the next car and, you know, basically passes five or six cars on each side of him by doing that. And, um, you know, the things that the 12 team and Ryan did, uh, to get the car up front, uh, I think two different runs to the front, uh, during the second stage. So it's, it was great to watch while it lasted. Um, we'll talk about, we'll talk about other people later. And you bring up the ratings thing. Honestly, I'm not shocked that ratings were down and there was a, a big issue this week and last week as well. This was, I think, the last week of the NFL's preseason, and a lot of major markets had the race um, either not on or moved to like a secondary channel that maybe not everybody gets or knew about. And this week so far on SiriusXM NASCAR, several callers calling in saying, I didn't get to see the first half of the race because it was preempted by football. And I mean, I understand their arguments. They, I saw NBC affiliates and different NASCAR social media influencers like putting out listings and trying to warn people the fact that the race might not be on. And I mean, it is unfortunate the fact that uh, preseason NFL takes out a really pivotal race in the NASCAR cup series season. But for those local affiliates, I know they buy those preseason packages and it's some of the biggest money they make all year. So it is what it is, but I didn't anticipate the ratings to be down a little bit. I'm, um, I'm curious uh, to how they factor in streaming on, on any of that, because um, a couple people said, if you went through Hulu, there was a way of doing it through Hulu, I believe. And also um, the NBC sports app, 
Uh, even though there's not an NBC Sports channel anymore on cable, there, the app still exists. And um, there's been points and times where d- this time of the year, once NBC has the coverage, where I just use the app. I pull up the NBC Sports app, and um, it's there on the app. So I'm curious as to, you know, they give you these television numbers, but I got to wonder um, how many people switch over to the app and actually pull it up through the app. Yeah. Uh, or streaming in some way. And do those streaming numbers count towards regular broadcast television numbers? You know, I think, I think people um, have gotten to the technology and we're at the point now where it's, you know, a lot more people have the technology to go ahead and do it that way if they have to. Absolutely. So if you missed the race, that's unfortunate, but you did miss some spectacular racing and we couldn't get to that racing without the very important, no practice, a qualifying session that happened leading up to this race. And uh, we've been talking a little bit. I don't want to say we've been down on the, the 12 team, but we mentioned the fact that they've struggled a little bit with speed. One place they haven't struggled with speed this year, though, has been some of the super speedways and uh, they showed up to qualifying and ended up doing pretty well. Yeah. You know, the, the best part about qualifying is that if you do qualify, well, you get a good pit selection and pit selection is going to be hugely important when you're going with a fuel only uh, pit stop or something like that. So um, I think Ryan went out 31st overall, um, but ended up P eight in the initial, um, set, uh, of, uh, qualifying. So he gets the top 10, the top 10 of course goes for the pole. Um, he, he went out third in that, in that qualifying session, went to the top of the board and then everybody passed him. <laughs> he basically had the seventh best car. Uh, once, once those guys very rarely, um, after the, everybody qualifies and they go to the top 10, on super speedways, very rarely does anybody all of a sudden find a little more speed. Um, the only thing that was really kind of crazy was the Stuart Haas cars were all uh, in the top 10. Uh, Ryan ends up eighth, and the 14 wins the pole. Um, you know, I had like the 10 car was second. Uh, the 21 qualified really, really well up, up to third. Um, and uh, the 23 was in P4 and the 54 was in P5. So the two of them uh, you know, uh, joined it at the hip like they needed to be uh, uh, points-wise. So, um, And actually, here's another one. Uh, the 36 car was P6. Uh, I wrote that in the notes, too, because that's just... Yeah, and that's right. Riley Herbst, Riley Herbst. Getting a, a rare start in the, in the Cup Series this season. So 36 for front row. Mm-hmm. And he was the third Monster Energy entry in this race, so I feel bad yeah. for all those spotters between oh. the 45, the 36, and the 54. Man, good luck. I mean, I'm sure they had a, a tough tough night. We had on Bubba and his spotter late in the race, and um, they were complaining because their car was a real, real dark car, and it just kind of blended in with the rest of the dark cars out there, too. Um, so we get to Saturday night, we get pit stall 32, which is open in front and the 15 is behind him. So it should be all right. The rest of the night, uh, stages of 35, 95 and 160. Seven sets of tires. Not that we're going to need all of those, uh, fuel run of 41 to 45 laps. This will be, you know, the most important thing, uh, filling it up with fuel, trying to get to the end of a stage, uh, to the rear of the 42 and the 13, uh, Roger came on uh, the radio. Well, once they got out on the track there to wish everybody luck, um, Ryan is, is talking before they even start about pushing the 36. Um, and I have in, in question marks here, the, the, the rear end of the 36 may be skewed a little too much, so it may be off centered a little bit. Um, this is something that they showed during the qualifying or some of these cars where the, uh, they're back to crab walking a little bit again. Yeah, this was surprising to see because people thought for the most part they had gotten rid of this, at least in the Cup Series, because there's some rules that were put in place with the previous generation car. To, but it seems like some of these these teams have figured out a way to get through inspection uh, straight. <laughs> and then when they, they get out on the track, they've done it. I mean, it's not as bad as it was maybe in the mid you know or in like the mid 2010s but uh it, w- it was definitely evident and those cars were fast i mean i think every Stuart haas car was set up like that the front row cars were set up like that penske cars though were not they're they were pretty straight yeah <laughs> so it was interesting Which... to see that again but they you like you said in practice or in qualifying they they talked about like this could be trouble in mm-hmm. the race itself when you're trying to push a guy yeah um 
Jonathan comes on, tells him everything's good on pit road speed. Uh, do that all night long. Um, the 14 takes the outside for the initial start. So I think that's good because Ryan's on, you know, up there in that lane. <clears throat> but then as soon as they get out there, the 14 covers the low lane. So um, by lap two, the 23 is leading the high lane. Ryan is in third in that line pushing with the four pushing Ryan. So that's good position except for um, that he's trying to push the, the 36, <laughs> you know, and he's, he's not too keen on doing that because he doesn't know him very well. And the 36 holds the line up. Um, at lap four, the 54 goes in front of the 23. Ryan's in fourth in that line. Uh, lap five, he tries to go around the 36. Now, and this was where he got, you know. This was sketchy. I was like, oh, yeah. man, not already. Um, <laughs> he, he and, and he later on, I don't know if I have it in my notes or not, later on actually says something to the effect of, I should have been more patient. Um, because he tries to go around him and thinking he's going to get other people to come with him. Because the 36 is holding up the line, not helping the line, not moving anything in front of it. So when he bails out to, uh, the, to the right there, I thought he thought that maybe the four was going to come with him but no he kind of got hung out there um and he starts losing spots uh so you know lap six he goes to the low lane uh you know and uh by uh lap seven he's p21 now so he's moved backward a little bit because of this move lap 10 the lower lane has six cars ahead of the high lane and uh, he's in 19th so he's in the lane that's moving a little bit at least at lap 20 He's running next to the 36. So he's, he moved to the other lane and 36 is still kind of holding up his lane and getting, getting jostled around a little bit. And he's running with him now, right next to him, uh, up to 17th doing that. And he does tell Jonathan he's tight in three and four, knowing that they're going to, you know, when they do come to pit, what adjustments to make. Um, I have in here foot cam during the, you know, and, and the in car camera was super later on in the race but at this point in the race nbc has the camera inside the car too and so it's not just the regular uh national cam all the cameras on him this race yeah (laughs) and this foot cam thing that uh, i don't know if they made i don't even know if they showed it on on network tv to tell you the truth they were going to um, they were going to make a deal out of like watching how you know they're dragging the dragging the brake or whatever and it never happened but yet on um, the NASCAR app, as I'm watching the in-car camera, there was like 15 laps of foot cam. And it just, I, I got on Twitter right away and says, stop with the foot cam, you know, but I don't know I don't, if they're pay, paying attention or not. Um, I don't want to interrupt your uh, race recap here, but I just remembered something I wanted to mention about qualifying. And is the fact that Ryan ran both of his qualifying laps driving with one hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, he did that thing where they'd break the air the hand, with that put the hand up and yeah, put the hand up into the window area to keep the, the air from coming in, but trying to make it. Yeah. It just reminded me, you're talking about all these cameras. They had, he had like three or four in, in car cameras mm-hmm. and they had a great one that was showing him do that. And I think people are so used to seeing it. Now the broadcasters didn't really even mention it that much, but I was impressed that he did it for the full lap. Mm-hmm. When normally those guys usually only do it like on the straightaways because they need to, handle the turn so it's a little bit easier to drive a qualifying lap at daytona so um anyway back to our regularly rescheduled or regularly scheduled uh, race recap <laughs> um at lap 22 there's nowhere to go basically the 11's taking the lead from the top both uh both lanes are he's trying to play both lanes basically you bounce them back and forth out front there uh lap 26 they're thinking of changing lanes here lap 30 he's 28th um at lap 35, the 19 wins the stage, and he's 22nd. Um, tells uh, Jonathan we're tight on the bottom. Um, Jonathan tells him we're going to be waiting on fuel, uh, air pressure adjustment. Um, now, you mentioned the fact about him bouncing between lanes here. There was a point, at least you know, from a fan perspective or somebody there, it looked like he bailed and just went to the back to ride around for a little bit. And then like business picked up at the front to where I was nervous. And then all of a sudden you see the 12 drive up into the fray. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, this doesn't seem like a great strategy if you're trying yeah. to bail. So, uh, but I think it did give him some practice, at least changing lanes, seeing what kind of runs he can get. And he's usually pretty good about practicing that stuff early on. I'm um, yeah. really, I mean, I'm glad he, he lived to see another day in that stage, despite what happens later, but it did make me a little bit nervous to see him drop all the way to the, to the rear hand out for a little bit and then try to drive back into the middle of it toward the end uh he says that's what i get for not being patient like a um 
uh, jack jacket, you know. Uh, and <laughs> anywho, <laughs> so yeah, so he said he basically says it. You know, that's that's what caused them to go backward. It wasn't uh, anything uh, wrong, or or they didn't have a game plan to go back there or anything like that. Um, they in twenty second out twenty fourth. Um, the, like I said, the pit stop was waiting on fuel. So I think I, don't know, I can't remember now because I didn't write it down here. It was in um near the twelve second range. Uh, but like I said, they were probably waiting for about two seconds on gas. Um, I think I might have a video of it. Um, I'll put on the TikTok in my TikTok for tomorrow. Um, so Jonathan, of course, save all you can at this point. Uh, we got a penalty on the eight and the 31 cars to the rear. Um, Ryan takes the bottom and the 22 leads from the bottom and restarting at lap 40, um, by lap 42 is in 16th and he's ninth in that low lane. Um, lap 43, the 16 is making it three wide. And um, Brian asks, so the leader saving gas? <laughs> and the 22 is stacking it all up. And, yes, he's saving when he can. That's what he gets back. Um, so this was impressive this is- to see. I mean, the racing here that, that goes on for the next stretch here mm-hmm. was was kind of electric, yeah. uh, especially for the folks that were in the stands. And I'm sure even at home, just kind of edge of your seat. I made the joke in our, our team Blaney discord chat, which again, thank you to Daytona and Verizon for hooking us up with amazing Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi there now, because I can hop into discord and still talk with the folks. But I said, this racing's, you know, awesome three wide. I was like, but I guarantee Steve can ruin this by telling us they're just saving fuel. Yeah. Um, yeah, but lap 46, they're three wide. And, and I, like I had it, it's so funny, but I had it in my notes before I even saw that on discord. Um, so yeah, they were they were saving fuel to some extent, but it made the racing racier. It brought everybody together, and they did go three wide. And Daytona's not as wide as Talladega, so it really kind of gets kind of hairy. And the in-car camera at this point of Ryan was incredibly fun to watch. Scary, edge of your seat. Yeah, but um, but the through the front end of the car, um, they were going. Uh, up the middle and it was fun to watch uh lap 47 the nine is leading the high lane um lap 48 the 69 are battling for the lead ryan moves to the middle lane there then to the top lane then back to the middle lane all within a lap you know trying to figure out where, where it's where the moves are going to make uh lap 50 it's running middle of three i heard middle of three from josh so many times in the next couple laps um but he's 23rd at this point uh, the 22, the 16, the four battling up front, lap 55, the 54, the one, the 16 or the three leading the three lanes. Ryan's up to 20th. Um, lap 60, pushing in the middle. Uh, now, uh, in the you know, top high lane, all of a sudden the five's pushing, he's up to 10th. Um, lap 65, it's in the high lane up to ninth here. Um, and Josh tells him, good job getting us back up here. You know, uh, <laughs> Josh recognizes what kind of moves he was making there. Uh, lap 66, he's now in the high lane. He's, uh, you know, leading the high lane, uh, uh, and he's P five doing that. And the one is leading down below him lap 69. Um, Josh asks how it's handling. Ryan says better. Plus, he was uh, able to save some fuel during this, too. Um, at lap 70, uh, the 9 and the 5 lead the low lane. And at lap 73, he uh, he goes low uh, with the 9 pushing him, leads the low lane all the way up to second. Um, at lap 75, the 41 comes down in front of him. He goes around him. Uh, lap 76, he goes to the lead with the help of the 22 car pushing him. So, you know, this is just getting to be a lot of fun. We're back at the front. We got the 22 actually helping out. Um, you know, I got, I got here, Josh and Ryan are putting on a clinic, you know, they were just, you know, around this guy over that past that guy, push up the middle. And there were some points in the middle where guys were bailing left and right. And he would just suck up to the next two or three cars in front of him. He gained five spots in, in like half a lap. Um, lap 77, uh, the, the one is now pushing and the 44 is leading the high lane side drafting him really hard. Now you mentioned the fact you just said it go Ryan and Josh putting on a clinic. And I feel like I say this in every super speedway recap episode, doesn't matter the generation of car, the old generation car, next gen car, 
Ryan knows what he's doing on these tracks and some guys just have it. And Mm -hmm. while they've talked about this package kind of struggling, I feel like I mentioned to you before that at Talladega earlier this year, I thought it kind of turned a corner. They went three wide at Talladega and raced really well as a whole. They're able to run three wide here at this race. Things are a little bit racier, but no matter what, the same guys still find their way to the front every single time. And they have to have a really strong spotter like Josh Williams and a really strong driver at these tracks like Ryan Blaney. And it's so fun for Daytona to basically be my home track and getting to see pretty much almost guaranteed every time I'm going to see Ryan Blaney lead laps there because he finds his way to the front Mm -hmm. and can stay out there and kind of control the race and uh, at least have a shot to win it for the most part, uh, Mm -hmm. as long as they stay clean. So um, just thankful to be able to to see this stuff in in person and, um, man, it's just so cool to to see the the 12 car lead laps and he's in the advanced auto scheme and uh, the crowd's cheering when he takes the lead. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just awesome to see. And I just want to know, I mean, Dave was really good. I don't know if any tips that Dave was able to pass on, whether it's just genetic, it's just in the blood, whatever it is. Uh, the Blaney's know what they're doing when it comes to super speedway racing. It's just always cool to see while it lasts. Yeah. Um, by lap 80, the um, the 47 actually gets in front of Ryan, but the next lap they're pitting. Um, uh, they're they're going to start pitting, green flag pitting, um, fuel only. Uh, it's like a three, a little over three second stop here. Um, he leads his group off a of pit road. So the guys he came in with uh, the four, some of the Fords, and not everybody pitted with their manufacturer. No, it was this odd. Point. This was yeah. like the, a weird round of pit stops. I was really confused because Ryan and Joey go to pit, and mm-hmm. then it was like, here's some Chevrolets, here's yeah. some, you know, it just a was a weird set of people. It just seemed like it just wasn't coordinated like it usually is. Yeah. So, um, but he leads the group off a of pit road, and then um, at lap eighty four, another huge group comes in. So, um. Uh, Lap 85, Josh tells them we're good to go wide open till the end of the stage on gas. They got enough gas to do that. Lap 88 is in the low lane uh, up to 12th here. And the 21 is actually leading at this point. As they merge all back together and and all these guys start to come back together, they start to get um, three wide again here. Um, But lap 98 is leading. And lap 92, Ryan's up to fifth coming up uh, once again, coming up through the middle a little bit here. Uh, lap 93, the 22 pushes the top really hard. Um, at lap 95, um, uh, they, they, oh, as a matter of fact, 92, the 22 pushes the, and then the 54 ends up uh, to the lead at this point. And, uh, lap 95 is where this all happens with the 20 and the 54, you know, we're coming to the end of the stage. Uh, Ryan makes a really good move down the back stretch, gets pushed from, um, uh, from Keselowski actually in the low lane. And as they go into three and four, uh, Ryan has the lead and, uh, the 20 car, you, I said it on uh, everywhere, piece of social media. I could put it on, uh, at the end of the race, the last lap. Okay. The last lap of the race, uh, the super speed races, however you got a beat and bang, that's what you do. You know, we saw Talladega, you know, um, Bubba tried to block three ways to Sunday, to, to block Ryan couldn't do it. Couldn't pull it off. It was the last lap. It was the last chance, you know, Ryan went, tried to go around him, caused that to happen. This is the end of a stage. Okay. There's a bonus point. Sure. For a playoff guy, if a playoff guy wins the stage. Okay. Um, but it doesn't put you in the playoffs. Okay. So the 54 winning the stage doesn't really matter the 54 needs to win the race he's pretty much gotten about the same amount of points so far as the as the 23 has the 23 is running somewhere in the top 10 23 had a pretty good points cushion on to begin with he was going to have to win the race to get in the playoffs and all you really did was wreck him and keep him from getting into the playoffs and the excuses of the 20 car well that's just that's just racing that's just no this is something you do not do in the turns during the middle of a race. If you want to do it on the last lap, I can excuse it. I really can. We've seen Ryan on the last lap, you know, in the, in the front, the front stretch, right. And, and, and do what he's got to do um, on the last lap. Yes. At the end of a stage. No, 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 no. And the thing is, is he does this little interview afterward and that's what he says, He's kind of like, well, this is racing. It's just kind of one of the racing deals. And 
no, it's not. This is stupid. And, um, you know, I know we're the little podcast and not everybody's going to be listening to this, but, uh, the 20 car really, that was a dumb move. And he has not done really well in super speedways to begin with. And this is probably why, because you race like that and you mess up other people's races and your races are going to get messed up. And the worst part is he got to move on. You know, the 54 gets wrecked out. Ryan gets wrecked out in this horrific crash. Um, and the 2020 who caused everything here ends up getting to getting to race the rest of the race. And it's just, it's no fair. Yeah. I mean, this is the first, uh, clip collective gasp that goes out in that grandstand at Daytona because such a hard hit for the 12 car. If you watch the replays, man, I don't know that I've seen a safer barrier flex as much as that did. Mm. Um, I know uh, immediately and, you know, social media posts after and, and, you know, mirroring the repairing up the videos, you know, people are comparing it to the Earnhardt crash because it happened in a very similar spot on the track, like almost the, identical, very way, similar type of crash. Yeah. The uh, way you got hooked. turned. Um, so all I can say, thank God for the safety advances that have been made uh, between the head and neck restraints and, uh, the safer barriers and thankfully, man, they redesigned this front clip yeah. <laughs> earlier this year. And, you know, this is Ryan's second really hard front impact of 2023. The first one coming at Nashville, but thankfully there was a safer barrier in this spot. There was not a safer barrier where he crashed at Nashville. So man, it was, it was rough to see because, you know, I see he's leading this stage. I've talked about it for the last like three weeks you know, I was money hungry for these playoff points and he's about to get a bonus point for winning the stage. And all I can see is, you know, you know, fifth and sixth in the, in the final point standings being up for grabs. If he can get these, these stage points plus Mm -hmm. that playoff point. And I'm just wanting these bonus points to go into the playoffs with, and then in an instant it goes away. And my apologies to Brad Kozlowski because I was cursing him kind of immediately because in this next gen era, uh, he's been a little bit, and even his in one of his uh, in his final Daytona 500 with Team Penske, um, he's been a little bit rough at Daytona when it comes to bump drafting. So mm-hmm. I assumed it was a six when it was obviously the six had nothing to do with it. He actually mm-hmm. backed off in the turn to try to make a run down the straightaway. Yeah. So sorry, Brad, didn't have anything to do with you. I just made assumptions there, and you're right. I mean, everything you said is correct. You can't push in the turns. If you are going to push in the turns, it better be for it better mean something uh, Mm -hmm. that you're going up for. And uh, yeah, his quote, uh, I thought it was interesting that uh, it comes out at the end of the race that Ryan, you know, Ryan hung around. I think he actually saw it on the, I think he probably had to because he made the playoffs, but yeah, he hung around and um, he went and talked to, to bell after the race. And I don't know if it was just out of, you know, it was convenient. They were in the same spot because like you said, they have to do some media availability because they made the playoffs. So I don't know that he necessarily went and sought him out to go talk to him. But he took the opportunity to talk to him, and Bell just said in his interview, "Like, yeah, Blaney's mad." Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But to say, but to, but then to say, well, it's just one of them racing things. No, it's not. And they're never, never gonna. You know, some of these guys never take responsibility for you know, and it's just a Type A personality maybe that they have to have to be a race car driver. But yeah, take a little responsibility there, Brad. I'm glad you pointed that out, Brad. Um, made the push down the backstretch. He pushed Ryan to the lead. Okay. He gets to the turn. Now he sets himself up to try and make a move down the front stretch. He does not spend the rest of the turns three and four on Ryan's bumper. If the 20 does the same thing, now the 20 can get to the front stretch and maybe push the 54, maybe gather up the six, you know, make some sort of move down the front stretch. Not like I said, not nudge him and he all it took was a slight nudge he was not lined up he was not lined up directly on him either which with these cars and these bumpers you have to be kind of square and he wasn't that either and uh, it was it was a crappy racing move it was not a solid racing move and for him to just be like well that's just racing i'm sorry it's not and you know of course i'm biased um, because it ruined the day of six, you know, 16 cars were involved, the 54, the 12, the 16, the 47, 21, the two, the five, 36, the 20, three, four, 11, 45, all involved in one way, shape or form. Some of the guys days ended on it, on that, you know, um, some guys chances at racing for the, for the victory at the end of the race and getting into the playoffs ended on that. And, um, yeah, you got to look yourself in the mirror and go, what am I thinking here? You know, 
risk reward. You know, this is the same thing that the, the, you know, the Penske drivers were warned about a year or two ago racing with each other, you know, uh, early in the race. Why, why, you know, why, you know, at the last lap. Okay. All bets are off for everybody, but that's a, that's what I'm saying. I mean, don't race like it's the last lap when it's not. Thankfully, um, as far as we know, I mean, Ryan did his interview at the care center, um, seemed a lot, you know, compared to his Nashville interview where he seemed a little bit stunned, a little bit shaken up. Um, it seemed like with this one, he, he took the hit a little bit better, even though it was pretty horrific crash. So, mm-hmm. uh, as far as we know, you know, as, as of recording, everything's going to be fine for this weekend when they head to Darlington. Uh, but man, just a rough way to end, uh, this regular season. And, uh, unfortunately we'll go through the points here in a little bit. Unfortunately, no, mm-hmm. no extra yeah. bonus points for this 12 team. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, they we did talked, have that that win in their pocket. So yeah, yeah, I talked to somebody who was there who talked to him afterward. So you know, <laughs> he said he was fine. He was, uh, you know, he was, he was talking with his crew guys, messing around. Um, I left the in car camera on um, for a couple minutes when they uh, backed the car into the garage. There, um, it was kind of interesting to watch because the guys from the crew, like Raymond, comes over, Jonathan comes over, um, and they are definitely looking at into the engine, looking underneath the hood. Um, uh, as I found out later on that it was really nothing quite salvageable there. The engine was damaged pretty bad, even where which kind of sucks too, because that engine was a really, really good engine. Obviously they had that thing tuned up perfectly. They had that car, um, massage just right, you know, to race properly, um, to race really well, uh, in traffic and so forth. So, uh, kind of sucks. They lost a bullet. They probably were going to use a Talladega anyway, but, uh, I'm sure they can hopefully compare, prepare another car, uh, for Talladega, just like that. Um, you know, the rest of the race uh, was kind of fun, the third stage, because you're still watching the drama of uh, will uh, Bubba get in as the, as the 16th guy, or will um, somebody from outside the top 16 win a race and, and put themselves in? There was a lot in contention. I tell you what, Chase Elliott was up front multiple times in this last stage. You know, mm-hmm. The crowd, obviously, most popular driver going crazy. Every time he'd take the lead, there's a point here. I think the Stuart Haas cars are linked up and um, I mean, Harvick was up there too, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, his other teammates were up there. There's like an opportunity where, you know, in the top 10, there was four or five guys in the top 10 at one point that all were winless and could play spoiler here. So it, uh, things got pretty, pretty interesting. And um, uh, the drama didn't end the, the crazy crashes, unfortunately also didn't end. Yeah. Yeah. We get that crash um, I don't know, at the end. Five the to end go. There. Yeah, five to go with the. Uh, I had the in-car camera on of uh, of Bubba Wallace at this point because we're kind of monitoring him and seeing how you know with the cut line. Um, you know he's he's good on the cut line, but you know is anybody else going to win this race that'll knock him out? And uh, yeah, that that incident there, the that forty-one got turned and went sideways, and then to get up in the air like that um, was really really crazy to see. Um, he got out of the car um, and the guys were kind of holding him up. And I was in a way glad to see them put him on a stretcher because yeah. I'm looking, you know, you're looking at him and they're kind of holding him up. And I'm like, he doesn't look like he's steady on his feet. You know, um, really glad to hear him get out of the hospital Sunday and, and get him his way back home. I haven't heard nothing. This we're taping this Tuesday night. I haven't heard anything yet uh, beyond for next week. Um, I I'm guessing that, they may, he may or may not race next week. I, if I were him, I'd take a week or two off. <laughs> Hate to say that, but at this point, just, you know, physically, that was a heck of a tumble and had to be a lot of bruising and beating around, even though you're in the seat, even though you're, you're strapped into that seat, um, and so forth. There just had to be a lot of trauma to the body. Um, I don't know how you sleep that off after a day or two, you know, it might take me a couple of days for sure. Yeah. So this was, um, I mean, not a similar incident at all, but as far as the atmosphere goes, very uh, eerily similar to what happened when Ryan Newman crashed. You know, you got a crowd of, you know, 60, 70,000 people that go dead silent. Um, when the crash is happening, I mean, it's insane. This is happening on the backstretch. And I mean, there, we had a little bit of an indication with a little bit of smoke you could see. Mm-hmm. And then you just see this car flying through the air and everybody just gasps. You know, mm-hmm. some people are screaming. And you're just waiting to see on the jumbotron like something, and then mm-hmm. you're just not sure. I mean, I you know listening to Radioactive on Race Hub, 
the crew chief and the spotter are saying, you know, Ryan, you know, Ryan, talk to us, talk to us. Mm-hmm, and yeah. then they're, they're talking to he, each other. Have you heard him? Have you heard him? Yeah. But he actually had already, I think it already got gotten out. So, but man, I don't think they knew until it showed, showed on the TV cameras that he was out of that car. And um, some things happened here in this crash that, you know, NASCAR takes this car back to R and D they're going to, you know, review the little black box they got in there, all the data that they can, all the video angles that they can, um, that, a couple of concerning things happened. The roof hatch, which is an extra escape route for a driver. I don't, it used to be not every car had to run these. I don't know if it's mandated now or not. It's, I think yeah. it used to be like driver preference, but I'm not really sure with the next gen air, whether everybody has it, uh, but it's an extra way they can get up out of the roof. If they're pinned against the wall, the roof hatch flew off and the window net broke mm. and the window nets flapping while this car is tumbling through the air. So I'm sure NASCAR is going to take a look at uh, what happened there and see um, exactly what happened. But man, um, you've talked about the, the possibility. I mean, like you said, no news right now. I mean, Ryan's tweeted saying I'll be back. He didn't really specify when, but he also said it that night at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon Pagano, I think just announced on the IndyCar side that, you know, he's going to be out the rest of the year. And I'm only bringing that up because he had a horrible crash at, think it was at road america mid ohio mid ohio -Ohio. and similar situation is to where you know that car was ripped apart he tumbled in the air multiple times almost like ryan priest did he's out for the year um no way we can really compare the safety and the the crashes were totally different but you're right like i don't know how somebody you know is able to come back from that right away and you know people have complained about the safety of the next gen car yes obviously you know kurt bush retire officially retires this week after getting you know a concussion in the next gen car last year they fixed that as far as we know they fixed the front clip as far as we know um this accident that happened is exactly why the next gen car as far as its safety features go was built Mm -hmm. for they specifically beefed up the what they'll um call like the the greenhouse of the car that Mm -hmm. inner part of the car where the driver sits they beefed that up so much uh, especially with what happened with ryan newman in in that previous car as well they're trying to protect the driver as much as possible in a catastrophic crash and that was about as catastrophic as a crash that you can get um and it's going to happen on on super speedways and i think that's a testament to the safety of the car overall, while it still is a little bit of a work in progress, I think it did its job and glad that uh, he was able to kind of walk to the stretcher with some assistance and uh, get out of the hospital the next day. But man, um, I'm sure all the drivers that were, cause they didn't go under the red immediately. I think they still paced around. I'm sure they were, you know, pacing by rubbernecking a little bit, seeing what was mm-hmm. going on with him. And uh, every single one of them has to know it's like, that could have been me. Yeah. They red flagged it actually um, at that point. Uh, and they're, uh, I think, on the backstretch because that's where Brad was doing circles. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that video or not. Yeah, I think they did. They eventually did. I think they might have made one pass by yeah. and then they came back around to the backstretch and then stopped. Red, but yeah. Red flagged it. Did, you see, did you see Brad? I did see the circles. That was, that was weird. Um, he, he thought he was on fire and. Um, he had smoke in the cockpit, I guess. So a lot of talk about that. I know I haven't listened to door bumper clear, but I know they talked about it and some other folks about um, how other people for other reasons that have moved during a red flag have been penalized. And mm-hmm. they said, Brad, you know, NASCAR kind of came out um, on an XM interview and kind of said, Oh, we thought this was a safety issue. He was trying to mm-hmm. solve. So they didn't, they didn't penalize them. Um, I don't, I don't really care that much. Um, that was the second car. Uh, I forgot to mention this early in the race. And again, uh, people didn't know from the 30 times that I've mentioned that I was there this week uh, already that um, in one of the early crashes as actually after Ryan's crash there in stage two, uh, Kyle Larson's car came to rest in front of our section mm. and his tires were down. And I'm not sure what, what message he was trying to send. He kept and there's the red, there was a red flag in that incident as well. He kept revving his engine like he was angry. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's just trying to get the attention of the the safety crew people, but like a push truck had come up behind his car, like he was probably going to give him a push back to pit road. And he just kept revving it and revving it and getting angrier and angrier. And then eventually he just does a burnout. He just like spins his car around with like two safety trucks next to him. And the crowd's going crazy. I don't think that they know what's going wrong. And I, I to me, you know, thinking about it now, I feel like Kyle was trying to get their attention to tell him, like, 
don't push me like because you mm-hmm. might destroy my car or like hook me up instead mm-hmm. but um i for for a while there i thought like he was getting angry they weren't they weren't moving him already and i'm like it's a red flag they can't they can't move you <laughs> yeah. so but i'm hoping that it was um it was just that fact but if they didn't penalize i mean he was going to be losing a lap or whatever anyway for what this happened yeah. but if the five didn't get a penalty for what he did on the front stretch there yeah. i don't think the six is going to get a penalty for trying to put a fire out or yeah. I don't, one thing i want to know is they're like oh i think it's out and everything's fine now it's like what what caught on fire yeah <laughs> like, what was what, yeah what? That, that now it's okay and now yeah. it's okay <laughs> so um anyway yeah so who won the race Oh yeah, the seventeen won the race. Ah, um, third yeah, time. So, so, so Bubba, uh, Bubba gets into <laughs> as the sixteenth uh, playoff car. Um, but yeah, they did. Uh, they kind of the you know green white checker and tiptoe their way. I don't want to say tiptoe. I mean the the racing was good in the green white checker, uh, but they were a little more. Um, the six mindful, didn't try to mindful. make a run or anything, so it was just yeah. a straight up finish to the end. So finish he could have, and then he probably would have finished like fifth. Yeah. But uh, so, instead, he pushes his his team car, his Kawanakari part owns to a mm-hmm. man who saw Chris Buescher winning three races in twenty twenty. Yeah, in the last Anybody? in the last month and a half, you in know, the last so, five, three of the last five, I think, or something. Yeah. So I mean, get get good big credit to them, but uh, yeah, you know, a good way to end the regular season uh, playoffs. It's time for some playoffs, you know. Let's get it going. So I will um, interrupt the playoff discussion just real quick to. Um, we have to award. So Martin Trex Jr. wins the regular season championship in the Cup Series. He actually wrapped that up, I think, after the first stage early on in that race. Yeah. But in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League, we have some business to take care of when it comes to our regular season championship. But first, we'll talk about a quick recap of our teams and how they fared. Um, honestly, I didn't pay attention to fantasy this whole race. I left Kyle Busch in the garage, and he's somebody that I maybe should have hopped back out of there and replaced because he, I left 39 points sitting in the garage. Uh, started Bubba Wallace, got me 30 points. Started Ty Gibbs, got me nine. Started Blaney, uh, he got me one. So what I would say is I think I guess I just wouldn't have had time because that was stage two when Gibbs and Blaney both went out with the final lap there. So I don't think I would have had time to actually make a swap. So that'll be my excuse. Uh, started Keselowski, got me 45 points. Started Suarez, got me 26. And again, left Kyle Busch in the garage. Uh, featured matchups, I picked Bubba over Gibbs. That was right. I picked Elliott over Bowman. That was right. I picked Hamlin over Trix. That was wrong by just two positions. And I picked Blaney over Logano, and that was wrong. Um, so I ended up 50th overall this week in points earned. Uh, and I don't think you particularly had a good week as well. It was better than me, but yeah, still not um, I had um, I had Bubba Wallace, Chase Elliott. Alex Bowman, they all finished top 10. Uh, Suarez finished 13th, and then I had Gibbs uh, end up 28th. Um, and Cindric was in was in the garage, so there really wasn't any points to be gained there. I had Bubba over Ty, so that was good. Chase over Bowman, that was good by two spots. Uh, Denny over Truex, and that one uh, was missed that one by two spots. And then I had Ryan to, to beat Joey, and that didn't happen because of the accident. Um, yeah, overall, like I did, I I did my strategy where I picked a lot of guys that had to win to get in, and um, like I said, three of them did really well. The three of them finished top ten. So, so the top ten in points earned the Team Blade NASCAR Fantasy Live Week for Daytona. We have a tie for tenth with Alyssa C and Racers F with one hundred eighty four points. Ninth, we have Rochi twelve with one eighty five. Tie for seventh with Penske Fan twenty four and Go twelve Go at one eighty seven. A tie for fifth with Blaney's Daisy and Jordan Daniels with 191 points. And fourth, we have Blaring Idiots with 200. And third, Pocono Lady 202. And second, Zero Schlitz Given with 203. And first place in points earned this week at Daytona, Steel Lion 209 points. Uh, now let's take a look at the overall standings. And this is where we will end up crowning our regular season champion in the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league. But first Steve, you ended up finishing the regular season in the 20th position with 4,851 points. And I ended up wrapping up in my normal spot back here in the thirties, 39th team Blaney host, Adam 4,609 points. 
Uh, so I was not in contention at any point this season to uh, at least even get into the top 20. I mean, I can't even remember if I was in the maybe after not even after week one. I think week one, I was finished de- almost second to last. And oddly enough, I finished second to last in week one with the person that ends up winning our regular season championship. So they definitely picked themselves up by the bootstraps and got things going. So the top 10 in the regular season standings after this finale race at Daytona in 10th, go 12, go 4,918 in 9th, Fike 21, 4,931 in 8th, Blaring Idiots, 4,980 in 7th, Alyssa C, 4,983 in 6th, Eric D, 15, 5,022 in 5th, Penske Fan 24, 5,024 in 4th, Go Larson, 5,028 in 3rd, Christian Dana, 5,032 in 2nd, Blaney's Daisy, 5,137 and in 1st, the person that I made fun of early on, I think first or second race of the season, finishing all the way, almost last, ends up coming all the way back, winning the regular season championship in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League is Factory of Sadness 6 with 5,153 points. So congratulations to them. Uh, clearly, they are a Cleveland Browns fan. And um, I'm happy to see a Browns fan happy because we aren't happy very often. So (laughs) congratulations there on winning the regular season championship. Um, You win nothing. Um, Good day, sir. But congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Great reference. Congratulations overall. Um, But here is things get interesting now. So obviously we're going to keep up with uh, the overall league standings. It's just something we pay attention to. And I think it's actually what we kind of consider our overall championship. We don't really do the whole playoff thing too much, but we do keep a track of the playoff thing yeah. standings because I usually do really well. In yeah, here playoffs. it is. This is, where <laughs> this is Ryan, when this I, is, I heat up. <laughs> that's it. This is where Adam shines. Yeah, Tony Tony used to heat up in the summer. I heat up in the in the playoffs when it comes to yeah. the fantasy yeah. league. So uh, good news is if you ran out of starts, like Steve ran out of starts for Ryan Blaney and some other folks, uh, the starts reset, but you only get five now through the rest of uh, these these ten races here. So mm-hmm. um, that starts now. So the fantasy league is going to be entering the playoffs. The NASCAR Cup Series is entering its playoffs, and all of that is going to kick off this weekend at Darlington Raceway. And I encourage you to tune in if you're not going to be there at the track. Uh, practice and qualifying is going to kick off Saturday at 12:30 p.m. Eastern Time on USA, followed by the NASCAR Xfinity Series race at 3:30 p.m. Eastern Time. The Sports Clips Haircuts VFW Help a Hero 200 again at Darlington, and then these Cookout Southern 500 Sunday, September 3rd, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. So remember, it is a Sunday night race. Uh, hopefully, you have Monday off to enjoy that holiday. But uh, yeah, Darlington Raceway kicks off the playoffs, and one thing that we want to bring back. Um, I don't know if the, you'll, whether you'll be able to see it or not, but we'll probably share it on social media as Steve has fired up his playoff big board and goes mm-hmm. through the point standings here. Yeah. And uh, we have some good news. So the bad news was the fact that Ryan crashes out in this Daytona race, doesn't end up, he falls out of the top 10 in, in the final point standings for the regular season, doesn't get any bonus points, doesn't pick up that bonus point for winning that stage. He almost won. Uh, but unlike last season, he goes in with the victory and he is starting the playoffs on the plus side yeah. of the cutoff line this year. Yeah. So the, the, the bottom of the, the bottom of the barrel, zero extra points, anything like that starts off at 2000. Ryan actually ends up with eight bonus points to start each round. Um, and he can gain more as each round goes by, but uh, th- five for the victory, three different stage wins, eight points. Um, and uh, the top of the board is if the 24 and the 19 have 2036 so to start the start the playoffs um ryan is actually right above the cut line the cut line below him is uh the 34 the 47 the 4 and the 23 um roughly uh, i want to say it's almost 60 points a race if you max out a race um you know winning both stages winning the race I believe it's 60 points total. And then you, of course, you would get your bonus points for, you know, for five points for winning the race and two points for each stage win. Um, so within three weeks of races, um, gaining uh, what would be 28 points to lead the standings is very, very possible. You know, you know, you do quite well, win some stages, get some stage points, 
move up and then somebody else has a bad day. And what's interesting about this is there are, um, you know, already a bunch of predictions out there. Who's going to do what, uh, but the playoffs, the, the, the next round or the first round, the round of 16, as we go from 16 to 12, you just have to beat four people. You got to beat four people in three weeks. You have Darlington, Kansas, which I think is a real bright spot, mile and a half. We're back to a mile and a half. And then Bristol, which we're going to Bristol. I believe you're going to Darlington, correct? Yes. Weather permitting in the next couple of days, if you can get out of Florida in one piece. Uh, <laughs> so, so um, you know, as we're looking at the teams, um, the the 23 has 2,000 points. The, the four has 2,004. So he's won a couple stages. The 45 has... Uh, 47, I'm sorry, has 2005. He has the victory, and that's his five points. Uh, the 34 has 2007 points. He's got a victory, and he got two stage wins in there to get his his points. Um, and then, uh, you know, from Ryan, Ryan's actually tied with the 22 to start the playoffs. Um, they both have 2008. The 45 has 2009. The six has 2010. The one car has 2011. And the 20 car has 2014. So he's within six points all the way to, to sixth place, you know? So from being on the cut line uh, within one week, he can move up five, six, seven spots pretty easily um, just by having a good finish and somebody else not having as good a finish as him. Uh, the five car is, has 2017. The eight car has 2019. Um, so that's within 11 uh, points, you know, uh, 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 from, from to fifth. So, um, the guys who are up on the bo- top there, the 24, the 19, the 11, and the 17, um, those are the ones like this round here, getting to them, you've got to be really, really good, and they've got to kind of slip a little bit. Um, do any of those guys look like they're going to slip out of the first round or down below the cut line by by Bristol? It really takes two bad races uh, to go from from being the 24 car, that 19 car with 20, uh, with uh, 20, 36 points to begin with to slip below the cut line. It would really take a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, for the most part, like I said, Darlington's the one that Ryan, uh, we, we know is kind of, he's decent, not always a top 10 kind of guy. Um, but the weeks after that, um, Kansas, I'm really optimistic about, cause I know that the speed will be there for Kansas. And then we love Bristol. Uh, I raced quite well at Bristol last year before the incident there. Uh, so, I don't see them having a problem getting out of this round. Um, I'd like to think about the 34, the 47, um, maybe not making it out of the round. The, the 23, actually, who's starting off at the bottom here of the standings, uh, he's got his best track, Kansas, coming up, uh, a track that he's won at. So kind of see them doing uh, you know, quite well um, and maybe even being the guy who wins a race. And that's the other thing about this. Uh, you have to beat four guys, but if you win within the round, you go on to the next round, no matter what. Um, so he could be one of those cars that takes one of those spots. Um, I don't know. The eight car, I kind of think is kind of shaky. I don't know if the performance is going to be there over all three races for them. Um, I've kind of got a thing for the 20 car now too after this past weekend <laughs> you're just wishing that upon yeah, him okay, just like sending the, the bad car. vibes to the 20 yeah car. just yeah here you go this is what you get for being the way you are um uh, making uh, those comments you know um the one but, car made the playoffs you know uh, but track house hasn't been quite the same as they were last year and uh, now he you know makes that huge pl- big play at the end of the year to, to make it to the final four um, but I don't know if they've got quite the speed they had last year. It's funny that you bring that up because everybody was saying that before Nashville. Then he goes out and wins Nashville. And then everyone's already back to saying that again because he, he's just been kind of average. Obviously, he's outperformed the 99 as far as the race team goes. And SVG wins the the Chicago street race. Those were kind of the bright spots for them were Nashville and Chicago. And they came uh, kind of really close together there. But but you're right. Um, one thing you kind of mentioned overall that I'm getting the sense of is like these early round of, rounds of the playoffs, it's all about just being consistent. If you can yeah. just be consistent, finish top 15, top 10, and don't have a bad race in the round, you have a pretty good shot of advancing. And you also kind of bring up the fact, especially with what Ryan's saying, yeah, it'd be super awesome to finish second every week, gain all these points, gain all these stage points. But if you're not winning stages and getting bonus points, like those points, except for helping you advance to the next round, mean nothing because as soon as you get to the next round, Ryan will be sitting right back at the cut line again. So, yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah. So uh, actually we'll, we'll probably be, depending on who gets knocked out, we'll probably be below the cut line in the next round. Um, you know, because, uh, even if, uh, let's just say the bottom four guys that are there right now are the four guys that, that exit. Well, now the next round, the cut line goes, they will be cutting from 12 to eight. Well, if you left everything the way it is, well, then Ryan will be below that cut line by a couple points, you know, yeah. but only a couple points. So, um, you know, then it gets, it only really, really gets hairy when you get to the round of eight. So we get to the round of eight, um, you know, three guys that win, if the three guys in the round of eight win, uh, the three different races, then you have to beat the other four guys on points in those three weeks. And that's, that's the kind of crazy thing. Although last year you had a car or two that won a race inside those rounds that wasn't even still in the playoffs. So, um, that's going to be the interesting part in the, in the weeks to come. But I mean, you know, right now this, this next three weeks we have Darlington, Kansas and, um, and Bristol, uh, you know, we'll talk about the round, the next round when we get to the next round. Uh, but I think uh, barring really bad, like you said, barring three really bad races where you have three, three issues and finish way down the list. I, I do see them advancing, uh, and uh, it would be nice to win one of them, you know, win Kansas or win Bristol. I'm okay with that. Maybe so, get that crown. Maybe get the other crown jewel this week. Yeah, that wouldn't be. I'd be okay with that. Um, Ryan's entered the playoffs in all kinds of different ways, with momentum, without momentum. Someone say without momentum this year. Uh, a couple of years ago, he came in with back-to-back wins. And correct me if I'm wrong. Was that they come in with the back-to-back wins, and is that when they immediately get that penalty at Darlington for leaving like the the ballast in the car? Um, I think that might've been, and that kind of just kind of soured that playoff run last year. I mean, they didn't win a race at all. They, they come into the playoffs, I think with a decent amount of playoff points because of stage wins and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And have like a disaster, honestly, a pretty disastrous run through the playoffs with like some races where things just imploded and he, you know, bounces his way all the way through almost, you know, within two or three points of making it to the championship four. So I'm not, I'm not big on this. Like, Oh, they don't have any momentum. I'm like, they've come in with all the momentum in the world and fell on their face. So, I mean, anything can happen in these playoffs and it's, it's really all going to kick off at Darlington here. And you said, you know, Darlington's kind of a ho-hum track for him. Taking a look at at his stats here, 13 starts, just two top tens in those 13 starts an average finish of 17.8 earlier in the season, the Goodyear 400, he finished in uh, the ninth position. So that was his only his second top 10, uh, but, and, um, but his previous start uh, finishes, there were 22nd, 17th and 13th. So, um, honestly, if he can come out of here with the top 10, that's a good way to kick off the playoffs, you know, not have any problems. I mean, my biggest thing, and I just said they're worthless when they come to the reset, but man, this team needs to find a way in this playoff run to get stage points. Again, they got to find a way to qualify up front. They got to find a way to get stage points and win some stages if possible, because if not, they're not going to go very far in the playoffs without doing that sitting at the cut line. Yeah. Um, but what do they say in baseball about momentum is as good as your, is your next day starter. Um, same thing here. Uh, when they won their race, they won the, the, the 600, um, you know, they did some, uh, you know, some things they, you know, they had a problem with, uh, uh, yeah, penalty right away right pen- after that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they were doing some creative things to see what, you know, what kind of things they can do. And I think that's part of what we've seen these last couple of weeks, you know, that or the last month and a half since then, or two months since then is that they, you know, they were trying different things and, you know, maybe testing some things. And, um, of course they want to win every week and they want to try to build some extra points and do those kind of things. Um, but just like Joey last year, uh, Joey went into the playoffs last year and didn't really, you know, he kind of like, he won his race, he got in, you know, and then all of a sudden he kept consistently doing everything and then he'd win a race when he needed to, you know, so same thing here. We just, uh, you know, we're in now, uh, let's be consistent, do good things and then watch Ryan win a race or two down the stretch and, and get our way down there to, uh, to Arizona. Let's talk about those races down the stretch here. So obviously this first round, we mentioned it already multiple times, Darlington, Kansas, Bristol. Then we move on to the uh, round of eight at Texas, Talladega, Charlotte, or round of 12, right? And then um, then round of eight here with uh, Las Vegas, Homestead, Martinsville, 
And then the championship race is there at Phoenix. So you already mentioned the fact that you think they could have a good chance to win at Kansas. You would love for them to either win Darlington or Bristol. That's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is there any of these other tracks that stand out to you? Martinsville obviously stands out to me. They've run extremely well at Martinsville. Just haven't been able to get to victory lane yet. Yeah, you know, they're going to Texas. Texas is yeah. a place where he, you know, kind of infamously, I would say, <laughs> won the all-star race holding his yeah. window net up there. Yeah. You have nope. Talladega where he's won multiple fall races at, at Talladega, I think, or at least just multiple races at Talladega in general. He's won at the Roval. Um, Homestead was a top five run last year until the incident I don't want to talk about. And yeah. uh, Las Vegas, same was, thing, had an incident was, there too. So, But mm-hmm, was running so. well. Right, so it could have been a top 10 finish there. But man, too. they've run well at almost every... I mean, Charlotte, so the Roval. We talk about, oh, he won the Roval. He won the first Roval. That's great. He was arguably much better on road courses in the last generation of car. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of shown up here. So I'm not seeing the Roval as a place that he can win at. But when you're talking about Kansas, you're talking about Bristol, you're talking about Texas, you're talking about Talladega, you're talking about Las Vegas, talking about Homestead uh, to some extent, and especially Martinsville, I think the 12 team could legitimately with the, the speed Fords have been kind of showing it'd be great if they could go over and try to cheat off some of the notes that RFK racing has going on right now <laughs> to help them out. That'd be nice. But man, I think they could come out and win any of these races, but yeah. um, hopefully they're going to win a race here when it matters and it gets them into the next round of the playoffs. Yeah. That, um, that next round with Texas, uh, was it Texas Talladega? Charlotte. Uh, yep. In Roval. Um, just get to the Roval where you don't need to do any, don't need to win the race. Okay. Cause, um, they do a very good job of managing that race, uh, in a way where they, they they'll maximize points and so on and so forth. And without the stage breaks at the end of the, uh, without the cautions at the end of the stage breaks, they'll be able to race for points if they need to race for points. And that's what they'll do. Um, depending on what kind of box they're in, you know, so, um, just get to that point, you know, get to that race where you don't need that race to make the next round of the playoffs, you know, um, winning Talladega or winning Texas would be ultimately the best way to do that. Uh, but just have good races, the, 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 the two races before that. So I'm, I know we're getting way down the line, you know, okay. but, but, uh, I really think that, that, that that's where the run, you know, really, really starts to solidify the momentum will, you know, will show up a little bit there where they'll show how good they are. Texas is a, a track that he can win at. And, you know, they definitely had the speed to win million dollars last year. So I'm um I'm rooting for them to do well, advance in the first place to that next round, and then rooting for him to do well at Texas and Talladega because man, the Roval last year was painful because they had to play the points game, he and the the twenty two both. And they stayed out on strategies and got stage points, and then it was difficult to pass, and they finished in the back. Mm-hmm. the rest of the way but, but, but it got them to the next round it got them to the next round <laughs> both did. of them so it worked they, like i said they'll they'll have to if they have to play that game they'll play that game so um but uh <clears throat> you never know too that's the thing is like the roval as far as a road course is a lot different than any of the other road courses because it uses the track it uses 75 80 percent of the track and except for the um that little dog leg type thing, the chicane back there, except yeah. Front and and back actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Except for those, those two spots. Um, I see a lot of passing coming off of the infield up into turn one. Um, and their car performed really well in, in those areas. So it could be better than we think, you know, cause it's not your normal road course. So, so again, the NASCAR Cup Series playoff, these 10 race stretch to the championship at Phoenix, all kicks off this weekend. Darlington Raceway, if you want to catch practice and qualifying, happens at 1230 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday on USA. And the race itself, the NASCAR Cup Series cookout, Southern 500, a crown jewel event in the NASCAR Cup Series schedule this Sunday, September 3rd at Darlington Raceway at 6 p.m. Be there. If you can be there and you know who else is going to be there. The Ryan Blaney Family Foundation is going to have their merchandise tent and information tent there. They put that release out earlier this week. So if you haven't, if you're going to Darlington, you haven't stopped by the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation tent yet. They have some exclusive merchandise that's there, exclusive to the foundation itself. You can Mm -hmm. go there. You can meet Patty. I'm not sure if anybody else will be there manning the the booth this weekend. Yeah, you never Um, know. But they've got awesome hats, awesome shirts. Um 
they oddly enough will sell like some other things you're not expecting like jewelry necklaces like bags and i mean it's lots of cool unique items that you can tell that you know the that probably emma and aaron and and leah are all kind of designing on their own and putting it out there it's really cool to see Mm -hmm. and maybe stuff you wouldn't expect to be buying at the track. It's not like going to the merch hauler. They have some really exclusive and unique things that, you know, I would like to say, I don't want to just say true Blaney fans would get, but mm-hmm. you really got to be like a next level Blaney fan to be going out to the, you know, out to that foundation tent. And I think everybody should be a next level Blaney yeah. fan yeah, and everybody. do this and support them. Cause man, it goes to a great cause. Yeah. Emma, Emma um, has her own store. Uh, she's, she is a store retail, uh, you know, online and an actual storefront. Um, in her area. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Some of the stuff that uh, they sell is actually some of the merchandise that she sells at her store. So, um, it's kind of a neat thing that, uh, you know, like you said, all the stuff goes to, to, to the charity, uh, any of the profit they make goes to the charity. And, um, I think it does the, some of the flag of flag and anthem stuff show up there too. I think or sometimes, flag- yeah, sometimes yeah, it does. does. I they, know they had that shirt that, uh, Gianna and Ryan designed together and I think they just right. sell that at the booth at the booth. So, you know, I, I know flag and Anthem does help them design a couple things. Uh, so make sure you go check them out. Say hi to Patty for us. Uh, she is so awesome. Uh, such, you know, she does some great things for the foundation and she's been in this a long time and does a great, great job, uh, helping them out. Yeah. And she would love to tell you all about the foundation, all of their events, all of their causes, uh, give you a flyer and they've, um, you know, stickers, I mean, stickers, magnets. I mean, they got all kinds of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, go buy, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to buy a $30 shirt or something. You can pick up a magnet for a few bucks or something. So yeah, just, just make a donation there. even, yeah, you know, support them. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And uh, hope to see you there while they were there this weekend as well. And uh, they also mentioned the fact they've revamped the Ryan Blaney family foundation.org website. Uh, so you can go check that out there, find the links to their online store. If you're not going to be there on site, you can also buy some things online, but um, some really cool things happening with the foundation this week. And I'm really glad that they're going to get out there and uh, mingle with the, the race fans again at another racetrack uh, this year. Uh, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of the Team Blaney podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and X at Team Blaney and on Instagram and uh, TikTok at Team.Blaney. And finally, I'd like to encourage you to support the aforementioned Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. Established in 2018, this organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org, the all-new RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org, or follow them on Facebook, X, Instagram, all their very active social media channels. So for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. Well, thanks everybody for coming. Hope you enjoyed it.